0: I don't know about you, but uh, we all need a bit of an emotional detox mm-hmm. because it's been a crazy couple of years.
1: Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. This book is coming at us um, at a perfect time Emotional Detox Now, uh, written by Sherrianna Boyle. And you guys are going to listen to some insights that she has, the seven steps that she has in the book to help support emotional detox, because I know everybody needs it.
0: Yeah, I love the framework that she teaches. It's simple and yet just so important. And, and you know, I think that we're there's something about structure that that we really like as humans that gives us an opportunity to go okay well I do this step and then I do this and this because the emotional landscape as we know it's pretty complicated, mm-hmm. right?
1: Yeah, that in itself can feel overwhelming, just stepping into that space of healing emotions or learning from emotions, but she really helps us reframe what emotions are and how we can utilize them as a gift.
0: Yeah, and we, we as we often do, we talk about our kids, so we have some strategies or she brought us some clarity around some tools for parenting,
1: yes. right? Yes, so many, many gems in this podcast, so enjoy. It's perfect timing for the holidays as we're navigating family and all the different Things that show
0: up. Welcome to the Health Ignited podcast with your hosts, Dr. Nick and Sonia Jensen.
1: We are partners, parents, business partners, doctors, yoga teachers, and retreat leaders.
0: We promise to bring you real conversations to awaken and ignite your potential to live your best life possible.
1: Join us each week as we dive into topics varying from brain health, biohacking, hormones, and longevity,
0: to relationships, parenting, meditation, and more.
1: Together, creating community and building stronger foundations for the generations to come. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Health Ignited with myself and Dr. Nick. Uh, We are speaking to an amazing woman today, Sheriana Boyle, and we're going to be talking about one of our favorite topics, and that's emotions, and especially our capacity to detox emotionally because we often talk about physical detox and all the various things that we can do to help support our body but we don't often talk about the emotional aspects and how important it is to move through emotions in a way where they can really um, serve us by processing them and I think that's one of Sharyana's lines her motto is your emotions matter processing them matters more and she's got a book out um, as well on all about emotional detox And so we're really excited to have this conversation with her. And we're actually going to be on her summit that she's created. So for everyone listening, please tune into her summit that she's also bringing out in the new year. So we'll keep you guys um, posted. So welcome, Sharyana.
2: Oh, thanks so much for having me. Great to be here.
1: So um, I'd love to start off by just getting an understanding of why emotional detox? like Why is this such an important topic for you to communicate to the world?
2: well i just think emotions are uh, they affect everything that they, that they're the core of everything that we do if we if we're not feeling grounded and centered emotionally it affects your relationships your your health as you both know and and your even your finances and and your ability to just really grow and expand so my mission is really to kind of teach people well encourage people i should say to feel first, to feel more. And we're so conditioned to think about things and try to figure things out. And I'm, I'm saying, you know, that that's all well and good, but how about you feel and process first and then let, then let's see how that impacts your thoughts.
1: Mm -hmm. Do you have like a personal story or a moment where you had that realization that it's important to process through the emotions and not just through the mind?
2: I, I do. It's a, it's a little long. I'll try to give you the, the short, shortest version. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the best way I can describe it is I, I wrote a book years ago called Mantras Made Easy. And when I was writing that book, I had about three mantras going and I was really invested in the practice. And at the end of it, so with mantra practice, like a real solid one is 180 days. So it's a real strong commitment. So at the end of those practices, I finished up the book, book was published. And I say, as, as I always say, after I publish a book that I'm going to give myself a break, <laughs> right? Because it's a lot of work. So Lo and behold, I'm teaching yoga and I'm with a girlfriend of mine who's also a writer and we're walking out with our yoga mats rolled under our arms. And I just looked at her and I said, emotional detox. And she was like, what? I said, it's the title of my next book. And she goes, I like it. I like that, right? Just pop out of nowhere. just left yoga. So I started researching, put together the proposal, submitted it to Simon Schuster they loved it. They told me to do more work. So I go back, Mm -hmm. I do more work, more research, submit it again. And they said, okay, now you've got something. So I was excited because I'd been with smaller publishers. I hadn't been with a big publishing house. And literally, I think it was like five weeks later, I was hit with like the biggest emotional crisis of my life. And I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I'm a, like everything was affected. Every every area of my life. So I went to the publisher and I said, "I can't write this. I'm a mess. I, I, how can I write about an emotional detox? Right? I need an emotional <laughs> detox right now." So they were very good, and they said, "Write it when you can. Just take your time." They took all the timelines away, which which such such a gift when you don't have timelines. And I honestly didn't know if I'd ever write it, but so I started to just go through my journey and I was in therapy and I'll never forget it. I'm in therapy and the therapist gets distracted and she goes to check her beeper. She had a beeper on. And before she checked her beeper, she asked me a question. And so I'm sitting there and I'm reflecting on the question, thinking I'm going to answer it when she gets back. And I heard this very, very strong voice and it just kind of gave me, well, what I now know is the second step of the cleanse, which is the the acronym I use for an emotional detox. So I heard that voice and I left therapy that day and I decided I'm not going back. I'm going to listen to the voice. So I quit therapy, went home and I just decided, what is that? Well, what do you mean by that? And just really did like this journey with it. And before I knew it, the steps were just kind of coming through me. And then eventually I would write them as the cleanse, which is the seven steps of an emotional detox. And the reason I bring in the mantras is I really believe they played a huge role when I had that. Vibe. My vibration was so high at that time in my life that yes, I was hit with a crisis. And and if you knew me, you'd feel sorry for me. My life was awful, but at the same time, I was something, a really big shift was happening. Um, And since then I've written three books on emotional detox. The the most recent one has that cleanse, really 135 cleanses in it. Wow.
0: That's amazing. I mean, when I think of (laughs) detox, I think that, you know, some people have these things called Herx reactions where the body starts to speak to you because maybe the liver's backed up or the the digestive system's not flowing well. There's something, there's some sort of like challenge that your body's expressing. And, you know, as you're telling your story, I I thought it was really interesting. You didn't really describe the story of the story uh, of the emotional story, but you described kind of what was going on in your process through, which is really interesting and, uh, and no doubt you're an emotional detox, Herx reaction with, with your body, your emotional body going through this thing. Um, and so maybe if you could highlight that for people, because I think a lot of times, you know, crisis is upon us and we feel all the challenge of the, the story and, and the thing that's unfolding before us. And how, how do you help people just Maybe appreciate some of the struggle or some of the the hmm. the, the tricky bits, the the Herx reactions that that the body goes through, um, and so that it can go through this cleansing process.
2: Sure, in terms of my personal story, it, yeah, I mean, it was it, I I was a mess. I mean, I couldn't eat. I was losing weight rapidly. I think I lost about twenty five pounds, and I'm already pretty small. I'm not somebody who needs to lose weight. So I was probably, you know, I mean, I was probably 111 pounds. You know, I went from 125. I mean, it was a pretty, when I say a, like an emotional, my body, it felt like I'd been hit like by a truck. And I remember describing it that way. I feel like I've been hit. Actually, getting hit by a truck probably would have been less hurtful, to be honest with you. It was that kind of trauma. And so, you know, the good news is I had, I had research trauma. And, and so I was aware of what was happening while it was happening. You know, it's like watching yourself go through something that you just read about, that you just researched how, you know, it affects your digestive system. I mean, even I look so much older. I remember because, you know, I'm like a lot of people, I can't, I couldn't afford to stop working yeah, I had to still pay my bills. I still had to be a parent, so I would try to kind of plug through my day. I'll never forget I was teaching yoga at this place, and they decide for whatever reason, out of all the times, to do the pictures for the student for the new website. So I went along, and I remember thinking, I mean, I was hurt. And my body hurt. So if anyone's gone through depression, you know that feeling. You literally feel you hurt. You ache. You don't feel good, you know. You don't feel like yourself. You're you barely have enough energy just to answer a question, you know. That kind of depths of of things, and you and you're like in a fog, you know, because that's what trauma does. You walk around like you're not. You're a little numb, and it's almost like you're not even in your body. You're you're disassociated. So I was doing that, going through the motions. Anyway, it was a couple years later after I'd written the book and all that, I looked back at that website and I called my boss and I said, you need to take that picture. <laughs> no one is going to do yoga with that person. I mean, literally I had dark circles under my eyes. I was way too thin. Um, I didn't realize it looking at, you know, and that's the other thing when you're in trauma, you can stare right in the face, look at a picture of yourself. Oh, you know, here I am. That's fine. That's a pass years later, I'm like, whoa, that, you know, it's really fascinating to see what high levels of stress can really do to people. So um, I knew what was happening. I was well aware of it at the time. I knew it wasn't good. And I think I just, emotional detox helped keep me on track because for me to go to therapy and talk about it was not a good thing. So I went through a few therapists. I did. And I was not the best client. (laughs) I was a little snippy at times because I'd done research. And I also knew my, I know my body because I teach yoga. And I knew that's, this is not good for me Mm -hmm. to sit here and have these conversations with you. I'm way too over the edge for that. But the thing is, is I've become a really good coach from this you know, you guys can probably relate. I am, I, my coaching skills have become so much stronger um, from really understanding that side of things.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so many, many of us have that story of, you know, moving through a struggle and Mm -hmm. moving through a challenge. And then all of a sudden, years later, we see the gift that that challenge actually gave us. But when we're in it, it's really hard to sometimes navigate those shadow aspects that are actually giving us this um, opportunity to allow something old to die. So something new can be reborn. So it sounds like that's kind of the process that you went through and, and also very self-aware, like you being self-aware, you were able to pivot because so many people stay in therapy for years and years and years and not able to really pivot. Cause maybe the awareness isn't there that there's some other, Opportunity out there that can help heal on a different level, and I think that's also something for the listeners to understand too. It's like when we're doing the same thing over and over again and not getting different results, it's time to shift. So I would love for you to share with us what those seven steps are in your book, um, mm-hmm. if you can just kind of summarize what they are, so the listeners to kind of get an understanding.
2: Sure. So the the first step is the C, which is called clear reactivity. And that's basically just, I always say it's like the prep work before you bake a cake, right? So you have to to prepare the body to feel. You're just not going to make an announcement. Okay. I'm going to feel that. I'm going to process that. I'm going to just take, digest that. You have to really, what that step goes through the vagus nerve and really gives people some very simple, natural techniques for centering yourself calming yourself and really it's the intention and the intention is to let your body know i'm not going to re-traumatize you darling right this is not about rehashing reliving what what you went through this is about really really feeling and i think that's where people get scared they think it means it's they're going to have to go through it again and if you feel like i felt i can completely understand why you would be so then the second step is the L, which is look inward. That is, my, is what was voiced to me when I was in therapy. That was my, my, my little, that's that second step. And it's really a way to teach people how to identify what they feel without rehashing the story. And then the E is emit. And I knew, because I just wrote mantras made easy, there was going to be a mantra. So emit is a mantra. And now, so basically the way it works is you prepare the body, you center the body. The L is you acknowledge the emotion without rehashing. Um, the E is emit. So now you're putting in vibration, right? Um, the A is activate. So that now you have more energy and movement. So now you can start creating something new, which is visualization and things like that. And then the end is nourish, right? Because a lot of times we go so quick to a visualization and we don't really sit in the energy long enough. So that just gives you that extra, don't be so quick to move on, right? Let that marinate in that for a moment. And then surrender, which is some statements that I've written, um, surrender statements. And then E is the last one, which is ease, which is always la- um, landing in the I am consciousness because it's really the reality is it's not outside of us, it's inside of us. So you you go back to that. I am space. What
0: a beautiful framework. I, I love that. I could, I was just imagining <laughs> someone going through that, that process and, you know, bringing mantra into the healing process. I would love for you to talk, talk to us a little bit more about that, because when I think of, or when we do mantra um, we do a little prayer together in the morning or most mornings. Um. And when we anchor into that, the sound vibration, it's, I remember not doing it for a period of time and then bringing it back in. And I go, oh, my goodness, like all that clutter, all the cobwebs, all the, the stuff that was just building up, creating more anxiety in our lives, just okay. kind of just dismantled, dissolved because we were putting the sound vibration healing into action. So tell us a little bit more about your relationship with Mantra and what, what it means to you and, and what, what kind of outcome does it create in your in your physiology?
2: Well, mantra, I, I don't know. I don't have the study off the top of my head, but I don't know if you remember the story study about the Gregorian chants, mm. the monks. Yeah, you yeah. Yeah, remember that. I, it's been a while since I've thought about that study, but basically for the, your listeners, they, they studied the, the, the monks who would chant every day. They're, um, they're, and then they told them for whatever reason, you can't chant anymore. And they got depressed. Mm-hmm. right? And, and here you are, you have monks. I mean, they don't have as much of an out, you know, they have a lot of time to be at peace and they have an environment that's not as much filled with what we're filled with and they got to pros. So it shows you how important it is to mm-hmm. have that vibration and how much, how important that was to them. And mantra is just a, it's a sound, a syllable, a word that's repeated and, and it's sacred. And some mantras have been around for many have been around for almost 5,000 years. And it's really kind of cool when you look into the history of how they were passed on and they were kept. I mean, they were, they were written on palm leaves originally families would guard them and they would write them on palm leaves. So people wouldn't change them. And, and they would, you know, they, again, they were protected. So I always think, you know, especially the Sanskrit mantras, which is the Hindu language, I mean, they are, they're like medicine, you know, spiritual medicine. So for people listening, if you think of it that way, you know, this is spiritual medicine. This is truly healing. And what I love about mantra is they've been around for thousands, thousands of years. So you're not creating it. It's already been created. You're just tapping into the flow, which already exists. Mm
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a big part of our practice and what we teach as well. And it, um, you know, and physically too, when we're saying these mantras, their tongue is touching different parts of our palate and then inducing a reaction in our meridian system and all the physicality. So for those listening, it's not just happening on this other realm. It's physically being imprinted in all parts of you. And then that imprint then changes our actions outside of ourselves or the decisions that we make or how we respond to life. So I love that you bring that piece into this healing and, um, Yeah, I mean, mantra has been part of. For me, it was so normal because I grew up with it, and not for me at all. Yeah. Yeah. So now, when I hear like people doing research and all these things, you know, I have to like (laughs) reframe that from like, oh yeah, not everybody grew up the same way I did, so of course. Yeah. And I just love that there's more um, knowledge around it because I do think it's medicine. It's like nectar from the divine, and I think what's missing in our um, modern day culture is ceremony. And if we grew up with ceremony, mantra would just be part of life. Yes. And so I'm curious, what are your like daily rituals or what are things that you bring into your life that bring that element back? And you have a practice, it sounds like, but are there other things that you do and maybe the listeners can start to invite into their lives to just bring more of that sacredness back in?
2: Well, I would say the cleanse is my daily practice because it does include breath work. That's the other piece, and it includes mantra and it includes you know really centering. It it just has so many different parts to it that serve me. Uh, Also, prayer is a big part. Um, My husband and I. I mean, we always pray before we eat, and we have a strong faith. And going outside, I think it's important, but I, the cleanse is the thing that for me, you know, it's just, I've done so many things over the years and it's really, it's, it's fun to try different things. You know, I'm sure you t- did to explore different classes and techniques and tools. The cleanse is just the one that has been my anchor and I've really leaned into and haven't, I think it's kind of nice when you stop searching. <laughs> Right. right? (laughs) Right. And you could just enjoy. And there's just so much there. I don't find any yoga. Of course I teach yoga. I practice yoga. I've been teaching for 20 years. So I, that it doesn't even seem like a ritual. It just seems like a part of my life, but, um, yeah, those things for sure. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, and it's a beauty. It's it's kind of what you said before. It's, you know, some of these mantra and the ceremony and sacredness is just built into life. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh-huh. and to your point, it's built into your life. It's what it is life. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's not a thing that you're doing. It's just, you're just doing you. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what life looks like for you, which is, which is amazing. And not everyone's there. I mean, just my, my own personal experience. I mean, I didn't grow up with mantra, we I grew up in a Christian home, and I mean, we sang at church and stuff. And I remember always feeling good after church, but I I, I would have never related, you know, the singing or you know whatever <coughs> it was that happened. I just I was always actually happy when it was done because that meant I could go play and you know have fun. So I, I didn't really associate the the experience that I had, but no doubt it was doing something. Uh-huh. Um, but I imagine for many people that don't necessarily have a daily practice or haven't implemented yoga into their life and created this mind body connection to some degree that some of this may sound a little foreign. Um, But I love that's where, I think that's where, you know, your, your practice that you're teaching this, this cleanse framework invites people into a space where they can start to explore a little bit. Um, So, you know, and some of the people that you've worked with, uh, where do you find that some of them get stuck? Like, do they get stuck and hesitant around the mantra, or the worker? or or where do you where do you find that there's a sticking point for people, or maybe it's a difficulty even to look inside? <laughs> I don't
1: know.
2: So it's interesting, uh, Nick. I the uh, cleanse has evolved, right? So it is my it's a daily practice. Um, I think most of the time when people work with me, right. It's what they get is some insight. So I'm able to really open up and channel with it, which I didn't know what was going to happen. I had no idea that was going to come about from those steps, but that did. Um, I always say, you know, that they're the same steps for the emotional detox are the, are the steps you use for manifesting. And how do I know that? Because I was, my life was a shit show. I always say that it was an absolute horror show. For a couple of years, you know, this was not a quick thing, but I was manifesting like crazy, and I'm like, "What the hell's going on? Aren't I supposed to be like perfect? <laughs> <laughs> right? and And so I was like, I think these steps have, you know, I think this is how you manifest at the same time. So a lot of people are just looking to make that shift, right, that you spoke about, Sonia, that um, make that shift from being stuck and whether the way they're responding in a relationship, the way that something's going, wanting to move on, feeling. A lot of people come to me for anxiety because I've written several books on anxiety. So that's usually what they show up for, but it's not usually what they're most interested in. (laughs) Um, And so just spiritual ways. So many people probably like, like the two of you that have been down the pathway of medication, and maybe they're still on it, but they want that they realize it's not the only thing that they need to be able to make those shifts in their lives.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, Taking it back to like some of the foundational stuff with emotional Mm -hmm. detox, maybe even defining what you feel emotions are, I think would be helpful.
2: Sure. So emotions the, the the premise of an emotional detox is all emotions are good all emotions are good um, so long as they're processed right so um, so that that's the big thing and I know it sounds simple but it's not simple because we've been trained to judge and separate them like I feel guilty I feel sad I feel angry but really what i call those are reactions which i know kind of twists people's mind a little bit but the thing is is emotions are meant to move right they're supposed to they're energy in motion and what i find is when the soon when we label something as guilt or anger whatever we label it then We actually interfere with the amount of movement. And now we're in reaction because what do we do? As soon as that energy stops moving or slows down or becomes denser, then the thinking is going to increase. (laughs) So, yeah. Um, So, what we're doing is kind of making some shifts. And is this an emotion or is this a reaction? And here's, you know, I actually just kind of came to me the other day a very simple way to explain this. People want to know, well, how do I know emotion? How do I know a reaction? A reaction separates us. It's, it, it creates separation. Separation from self, separation from each other, separation from the universe. Emotions are designed to bring us together. So if you're not coming together in unity, then you're probably in a reaction.
1: Mm, I love that.
0: That's an amazing definition. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't help but think like when people relate to emotion, they, they label it as a noun. You know, I, mm. I am anger. I yeah. am frustration. Like, it, yeah. it's like, you know, that's your name tag now. And then you yeah. live from that space. Right. Yeah. And, and what you're teaching is something different. It's, yeah. it's the verb. It's the motion. It's, it's an experience. It's a tool. Um, you know, and I think that just yeah, I'm glad you asked that question. Just mm. the definition, you know, is, because is there I, a gateway. gateway.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're really a gateway Uh, you know, that's the way I see them. As soon as you enter the feeling, you're opening up a gateway. You're opening up yourself to the divine. You're you're now you're able to, to receive information and receive vibration and receive healing. So that's the way I see them as sort of opening up a doorway.
0: And you mentioned something that may be uh, a, triggering experience for people and that all emotions are good. Mm. Like I guaranteed most people probably haven't thought of it like that. Like, I don't like feeling angry or upset or yeah down, you know? So p- yeah. please flesh out a little bit more for people because it's such well, I would, important point. I
2: would say that's a reaction. Yeah. That's what I would say. It's a, that's not an emotion. That's a reaction because if it were an emotion, you'd feel better. If it were an emotion, you'd be connected. So people take a while to get this. They, they, they want to push back, but at the same time, it's like there's something inside us that knows that's closer to truth than we might admit. But we've been conditioned. I mean, this is years of conditioning to label and to judge and to create a story around what we feel. So it's really more about unlearning than learning.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it creates discomfort for many, especially if it's somebody around you that's moving through a process um, and witnessing that can create a lot of discomfort. So I'm really happy with um, how you defined emotions. There's a Kundalini yogi that defines them as um, the senses of the soul. So like you were speaking to them being gateways, it really just is more information about yourself and how something is being um, digested in your psyche or in your emotional body, your subtle bodies. its just how we're digesting life. And yet after labeling every single one, we are now then told which one is appropriate, which one is not appropriate. And now we put ourselves in a box and that's where the shame starts to come in and all these other elements. And I think that's where that separation piece really shows up. So I'm really glad that you kind of redefined it so people can just process that a little bit. And what are some like on the spot things that individuals can do if they're in a reaction? Like what's a way to move that reaction or that commotion that's happening in our bodies and minds into mm. more of that emotion state where we can actually receive information?
2: I think it, you know, in the, in emotional detox, which is the core book, and that's the one that tells my story, what mm-hmm. happened to me, how I went through it and how I came up with the steps. And I, I think that it in that book, I talk about low, medium, high levels of reactivity, right? So it really depends where you are. And, and sometimes it's really developing self-awareness around that. So high levels of reactivity, you're just out of your mind, right? You're just like... You know, people can tell you to breathe, go for a walk, and you just want to give them the middle finger. You know, what I mean that those are high levels of reactivity. And and I get that because I've been there a bajillion times. You know, medium levels, you're aware, which is probably where I was most of the time. I was aware of what was going on, but I I was kind of like not not really stuck because you're aware, so you can't be really stuck, but I might not be using all the tools available to me, right? But I'm aware that they're there and that's important, you know? Um, and, and then low levels of reactivity, you're actually using the tools, right? So you're aware and you're saying, I'm going to go for a walk because I know when I go for a walk, that gets me to breathe, that gets me to connect to my body, that gets me aware of my senses, that gets me that clears my mind and it is a natural way to start to enter that processing state, just going out in nature um, and getting out of the situation that you're in, you know, whether it's, you know, you're tossing and turning in bed at night and you just need to get up and open the door and open the window and just kind of shit, you know, clear, literally clear the, the energy around, simple things like that or taking a shower or splashing your face with freezing cold water i know that's not a very fun thing to do but that that can help um chanting but again these are wonderful things if you're in those low levels or medium levels but if you're in high levels then you might have to be doing more than just you know a really you have to get a really regular practice going to, to break that cycle. And you might need a stronger support system, right? You might need someone like the two of you and involved, and you might need, you know, you might just need to increase that support until you're able to wean off whatever parts of it. And, and you're in that, those medium levels a little bit more often than not. Right. And then eventually those low levels where you can be independent and you can start to go off on your own. So I hope that answers it. It's hard to yeah, <laughs> say yeah. one, one, one answer for everybody.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's going to be unique and different for um, yeah. different individuals. And as you were speaking, I was thinking about children. So mm. they're just so in their emotional body and depending on the child too. I mean, we think about our own, my, our oldest is um, very much internal.
2: Mm-hmm. will internalize
1: before he speaks about something whereas our youngest just wears his heart on his sleeve so even when he was just a year and a half two years old he would say i'm just so angry right now that mm-hmm. he was very expressive with and, and now he shows us when he's mm-hmm. very angry and yeah so how do you at a young age speak to them so that they're able to move through this process and create tools so that as they're growing they're not you know packing on all the stories that we have mm-hmm had as adults so that we can really start to change how the next generation moves through emotions and processes them?
2: Yeah, so I mean, I can relate. I have three daughters, and they're all empaths, and they all have, you know, really feel everything. And I just had parent conferences last week, and, and I heard over and over how one of my daughters feels everything and mm-hmm. has the kindest heart, wants peace, world peace, um desk you know and that's all she cares about every day but that's a lot of weight on children like that who feel everything Mm because they really do they they really just want everyone to get along and also if somebody says something hurtful even if it's to someone else it feels like it happened to them Mm -hmm. and so school can be a tough place for these kids and we've been through that with our daughters it can be really rough on their system And I just start to teach these. I talk about reactions. I talk about emotions. That sounds like a reaction to me. That doesn't sound like getting some clarity around that and really getting to know where I know what works for me, but of course I'd love them all to cleanse, but they're not going to cleanse because I'm their mother. Right? So, um, I really try to look for support that works for them. So sometimes we think, well, going outside really works for me or journaling really works for me but you have to really you have to get to know your child and you have to say you know where do you feel calm where what brings you to center what helps clear your mind so it's really more about asking questions or what is it like when you skateboard you know what does that mm. feel like or and notice where they where they kind of gravitate to you know whether it's and and encourage that, and support them, and help them to identify that that's what you know. It's not just about the skateboard, right? It's about how you feel, what your body. So bringing building in that self awareness a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, children are tricky. I think I think we have to really believe them when they what they yeah. say. And I think schools are more open to this. Language, they might feel a little overburdened. But I think this is becoming more common where people are taught, you know, like I had with my daughter's school. It was interesting having a conversation about being an empath. I'm like, that's different. That didn't happen mm-hmm. with the other older girls. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I So I is. think, yeah, like podcasts yeah. and things like that are really making making an impact. So even if you feel weird saying it, well, my child, but, you know, just be careful. You don't label them. I, that word mm. sensitive can be tricky because sometimes people think that's weak, right. Yeah. Or that we're babying, you know, really watch your choice of words and how you describe them. Um, you know, that they, that they're really intuitive, you know, that feels a little bit more empowering. They're intuitive. They, they really have a set uh, you know, a knack for picking up on energy and, um, try to lift them up and not look at them as they're weak or somehow mm-hmm. less than or not, not as strong as the other students um, and applaud it. That's that's what I say. I mean, it's a simple trick you can teach um children. I wrote a book for parents. It's called um, what the hell is it called again? <laughs> <laughs> that's how many I wrote books she's written. I, I, wrote, I wrote it so long ago. Uh the parent everything parents guide. It's a my where is oh uh, do I not have it? Oh, the conscious parent. The Conscious Parenting Guide to Childhood Anxiety. Yeah, I wrote that book years ago, but one it's got great research in it. One thing is teach your children to use their own name. So you know how sometimes we say self-talk, have them say their own name. Okay. Can you hear me there. now? We yeah, can you, you cut me. out for yeah. a second. Yeah. <laughs> um, using their own name, if you're going to teach them self-talk, uh, there's a lot of research around that. So teach them to use their name. Own name. I don't know if you heard me. Instead of like my daughter's name's Mackenzie, calm down. I mean, I'm sorry, calm down, calm down. People do that, you know. Let it go, let it go, mm. Mackenzie. Let it go, <laughs> Mackenzie. Mm. You know, have them say their names. Um, it's just, it has a little bit more of, of an impact for them, but little things I think, go, I think movement is really what children naturally mm-hmm. are getting movement and take the damn diet devices away. And I know it's tough parents, but mm-hmm. you got to have limits on those devices. They will, they, they really will, um, make it very difficult for children to process their emotions.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we absolutely have noticed that. And one tool that's worked for me is, um, especially with our youngest, I would say, is really validating mm-hmm. his experience. Um, mm-hmm. As soon as I say you're okay, mm-hmm. there's a different kind of reaction. It's like the emotion just gets even stronger. But as soon yes. as you know you validate that, yeah, that's frustrating. It's yes. like all of a sudden they feel heard and understood. And my mm-hmm. oldest the other day was trying to say, "Well, how would you feel if this happened to you?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'd probably be really irritated too." And he didn't know how to respond to that because I think he thought I was going to say, well, it's okay. Just don't worry about it. I was like, yeah, I'd be really irritated if somebody ate my gingerbread and I did not give them permission. (laughs) So that is irritating.
2: Yes, (laughs) I would too. I'm always telling my husband, please, no, you may not have a bite. (laughs) That's right.
1: Yeah. So I'm like, and I I don't have to sit in it in the irritation. I'm like, yeah, we can choose that to be a little bit different. So yeah, yeah these are great and helpful, too. Because I do find yeah. the more we learn as parents, the easier it becomes yeah. to navigate or help them navigate their yeah. story and their emotions so that they grow into adults that are just more aware. And I feel like that is how we change the world, really, because when we look at politics, or we look at everything that's going on in the world, there's like, there's these emotional adults making these big decisions for the whole world. And, <laughs> No kidding. <laughs> right? If we had these tools from the start, I think it would yeah. be a very different world right now. I um,
2: say that all the time, Sonia. I'm like, could yeah. we all just do a detox before we make That's these right. decisions? <laughs> That's right. So
1: everyone needs your book. Everybody yeah. needs your book, especially in those elements, right?
0: Which yeah, should be required reading. It you got to rec- cleanse. <laughs> You're going to show up today. Yeah. you got to cleanse first.
2: These are big decisions, really? Yeah, We're yeah. going to make them on reactions and all yeah. of that stuff? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and for, and for yeah.
1: Teachers and healers and anyone that's working with another human and making decisions or even uh, facilitating space needs yeah. this book to deeply understand themselves so they can actually hold that space. So
2: thank you for coming in. Emotional detox now is the one that you're referring Mm. to. It just, that's Mm. the one with 135 practices that, Mm. and I did write it with that in mind. I was like, Mm. people kept asking me, how do I do this at home? How do I do this Mm. at home? What about when I'm with you? And so I was like, okay, I got to write this. And I was so happy to write a book without my story in it. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, thank God. I'm not talking about myself anymore. I'm so sick of myself. I mean, I just, it you know it really felt good to just really focus on um, giving others what I've what I've learned from mm-hmm. myself and so many other people how to apply this in their lives. So yeah, for sure. I yeah,
0: love that. Yeah, well, yeah. I, was, I think I love what you're sharing because really what you're teaching is a lifestyle, and
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, and it's not just about the tools, but the tools are part of the lifestyle. And so sometimes just getting a little snippet of you know something you can imp- implement and and I, and I think. You know, another thing that that you've been sharing that's really important is something we call bioindividuality and that my medicine may not be Sonia's medicine or your medicine. There's something about the skateboarding for me that may not work for you or what have you. And I think that, you know, that's important in the times we live in as well Is that, you know, not there's not this perfect picture of what, you know, enlightenment looks like or a perfect life it's it's that what are your gifts that you can cultivate and express and experience. And that becomes part of your lifestyle medicine. And that's, that's such a beautiful journey that we can all go on, you know, should we, you know, rise up to the, to the emotional messages that we're receiving and choose that for ourselves. So Mm -hmm. I love, this is amazing conversation. I love everything you're sharing.
1: Yeah. So in closing um, what I'd like to ask you is, If this was it, this was the message that you were leaving the world with, or um, you knew that, you know, tomorrow was your last day here in this physical Um. realm, would this be the message that you want to share? Or is there something else that you would want to inspire or ignite Mm -hmm. in the world?
2: Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I've written another book since this one, it won't be out till 2023. So that's, that's the one you know, that really kind of brings this to the next place. And, um, so, I I mean, I think my message is if in in terms of feeling and processing, I know we tend to think of, am I ready to do that? How am I going to do that? And I would say, if you don't, if, if this helps you, which I do find, because I believe as human beings, we really want to help other people, right? That's our biggest journey is we want to help others. We want to contribute do it for others. Because when you process what you feel, it affects everybody. It it provides a current on the planet. And your pattern is so many other people have the same pattern. So we're all part of this web and all it takes is you to just kind kind of process that little part of the pattern. And we all experience a little shift. So if you're not going to do it for you, do it for a loved one. Do it for your genetic line. Do it for your children. Say, "I'm going to process this because I no longer want this to continue." Right? The way and I'm talking about reactions, right? Process, mm-hmm. and and so I can feel my emotions, and I can and and I can shift the the energy for the whole line. You know, and people after me that come. So um, that's what I would say is is it affects everybody. So it's, it's a real gift to give to the world.
0: Mm, thank you. Mm-hmm. And it's so important. You know, I think that often we, we see ourselves in our in our lives and we, we don't feel the connection to all mm. things, to other people. And what we're saying is, is that this is an opportunity to really feel that connection and to contribute, you know, because it it can feel like a disempowering world that we live in when we're told sure. You know all the things that we're told and yeah. when we can realize that that our choices our actions are our, our cleansing can actually impact and serve others that like that's that's a such a profoundly beautiful and important message yeah awesome
1: yeah. So good. yeah thank you for your time and where can everybody find you if they want to work with you your books uh, maybe tell us a little bit about where huh? where that is
2: so I'm at uh, shariannaboyle.com is, is one way. Emotionaldetoxnow.com is another way, but they, they lead you to the same place. So either either one that you you can remember <laughs> is, uh, and my books, they're everywhere. They're wherever you like to buy your books. And it's Emotional Detox Now is the recent, but the others are there too. I have one for anxiety, specifically Emotional Detox for Anxiety. And then the core book, which is my story, which seems to really help people. <laughs> I'm glad it could help. Um, but people really feel like they can picture it. They understand it. Cause sometimes these things are told to us, but we don't know how to apply it. So I really just show how I applied it in my own life. Mm. Yeah.
0: beautiful. Um, you probably don't want to share the name of your upcoming book, but you shared a little bit. I don't bit
2: think of- I can yet, yeah, but, okay. I, yeah. but I, but I, Reset you know, it, yeah, but it is, it is, yeah, so I'll be back to talk about that one, cool. but, but right. it's not till 2023. It's not that close, Nick. But but, but <laughs> I just time flies though. <laughs> yeah. But you have to write it earlier, right? Yeah. You have to get it done, and then yeah, for the sure. Yeah.
0: And, and just a reminder for those of you listening: yeah. like this is this is just one, you know. Almost hour with Shariana, but she's got an entire summit, right? So remember what oh, yeah. that at the beginning, yes. and that's coming yeah. in February. So can you speak yeah. a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, I'd love to. So it's been incredible. I mean, I I've been a part of summits. I a little partial, but I really think it's the best summit I've ever be, I've ever been a part of, and I think it's because I don't, I've never been a part of people really giving so much good information about emotions. So I really there's thirty eight plus speakers, um, and everybody's sharing professional and personal ways that they care for their emotions. And they're really giving the best of themselves, um, in terms of what they know and what they've learned at, at, on this topic. So it's called the emotional detox now summit. People can register it's free for five days. And then after that, I'm, I i have not gotten that far, but, but I, That's what I know for sure. It's February 14th, Valentine's day, Mm -hmm. we're releasing it and, and it's going to have lots of, lots of good stuff, but I think people are going to walk away, there's no doubt in my mind, you're not, you're going to walk away knowing exactly what works for you, right? Because there's so many different takes on different approaches and you're going to say, you know what, this is the one that feels right for me. And you're going to have instant support for sure. That's awesome. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah. Can't wait. Yeah. yeah. we we'll definitely sharing that with everybody. Yeah. Thank,
2: you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank yeah.
1: you. Sharon,
0: it's such a pleasure. Thank you so much for sharing the day with us. And uh, yeah, we look yeah. forward to chatting with you again. Thank you.